welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Good afternoon, friends, and welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church. I am D.A. Bennett, and this is my friend, my colleague, the woman with the good shoes, <laughs> Pastor Stephanie. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm so glad to have everybody joining us today. How are you? I am really good. It's cold outside, yes, it and, is and cold. I have to drive to watch my son play baseball, oh, so I've got like 15 layers in the cold. car. Oh, you're keep so me warm. smart. It is just crazy right now, but I think it's going to be getting warmer in the next couple of I'm, days. I'm ready for it. I am I'm ready so for ready for it. And of course, in studio joining us today is yes. our sound, video, audio engineer extraordinaire. <laughs> Jeff, how are you doing today? Uh, so far, so good. So, Can't complain. It's, it's still early, so... <laughs> it is. You know, trying to stay dry, you know, but... Yeah. Glad we got the rain. So, I know. Jeff, I think one of the questions that we need to start off by answering this week is, so how did your team do? I, yes. I think inquiring minds want to know. That's right. Well, um, we came up just a hair short. Uh, unfortunately, we made it all the way through uh, to the championship game. Um, uh, set a uh, record um, in the ACHA history uh, wow. with the longest game ever played at Nationals. And how long was this game? So typical games usually last about a, two hours to two and a half hours, and we played for seven hours oh. straight. So Isn't we had five overtimes. Wow. Um, and everybody started counting us out after that. Uh, but we uh, did that in the quarterfinals to make mm. it to the semifinals and uh, took it to UNLV in the semifinals to – end up playing the number one ranked team in the nation, Lindenwood, in the finals. And we hung with them for about 48 minutes in a typical 60-minute game and just came up short, just mm. ran out of gas. The legs were rubber. So, <sighs> and, wow. and, and I love how humble he is because he yeah. said, we came up just a little bit short. You know, right. that, that sounds like, well, you know, we, we, we lost a game by two or something uh -huh. like that. No, they were the runner-ups. He's yes. not saying that. No. Y'all were national runner-ups. And, yeah. and I understand it's not the same as saying that you're national champions, but yeah. – you have been a national champion before, and so that's uh, right. It's we, so we share that with you. We're excited for what you and your team did, and uh, just know that the influence you're having on those young men's lives is yes. is significant. That's so true. And just to let our listeners know today, don't worry, we will not be going into that many overtimes in the podcast. In fact, <laughs> this is not even tape delayed. If you're watching this on Tuesday, <laughs> right. unlike last week, we are we live, are live. today. And so if you're tuned in and watching us live, please submit your questions. Uh, we I, I, we ought to have a recording of this so yes. we don't have to say it. It's just a broken record. Right. We're having so much fun right. <laughs> doing the podcast. Yes. But the sermon series and what we're yeah. learning and what we're able to share with other yes. people, um, our sermon series is Clean Hearts. And, you know, King David had sinned and he knew that his heart had now been contaminated and polluted and in his repentance and his crying out. Mm -hmm. It's like, God, you've got to do something in me. Right. And the thing he appeals to first is the nature of God, mm -hmm. that God had unfailing love yes. and great compassion. Yes. Uh, he's prayed, you know, wash me, clean me, mm -hmm. and today we come to purify me. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I love it when we take these series and we break them down verse by verse, because as a pastor or, or a preacher, in a sense, 
it's like you really got to do your work. You got to listen is. to what it's good, God is saying. It's a saying. good discipline for us. It is. It really, really is. And that's part of what I loved about this. And so um, we were talking about the verse seven, purify me with the hyssop branch and I will be clean. And so I was thinking about this word, purify me and then the hyssop branch, because we really don't use either of those phrases in anything we do today. I mean, maybe we say purify me when we're singing a song. Right. You know, purify my heart. Yes. Let me be as gold and precious silver. I mean, yeah. we, we know some yeah. choruses and whatnot. Um, one of the things that, that I actually thought of, you know, because I knew you were preaching, but mm-hmm. there's you're like, if I were preaching this, how would right. I preach? And, and one of the things I know is sometimes I'm at home and we do laundry. Yeah. You know, you're getting everything clean. Yeah. And then we forget to put it in the dryer, or maybe I should say we forget to take it out of the dryer. <laughs> and so yep. we're like, oh, I've got to take this out. Yeah. And by the time you remember, when you smell the clothes, Ooh. it's they're, they're no longer smelling clean. No. You know, they, they may smell a little moldy, so you have to wash them again. And yeah. so when we say purify, that's like the, the step beyond right. just clean. Right. I don't just want to be clean to be stinky right <laughs> to be free of stinky yeah exactly it's different than than just being clean and that's one of the things we really looked at in the message was what does it mean to use the hyssop branch where are the places in scripture where we see the hyssop branch and one of the places that we see that is in leviticus when we're talking about the law right. of moses and if <laughs> if you need a good book to read before you go to sleep at night leviticus, <laughs> leviticus is, is your book <laughs> right up there with the first part of chronicles yes exactly but you're right to sleep. But uh, the other thing about that is that it really does give you a, a look into the heart of God and the the intentionality that he put in these different instructions for the purification rituals. So the hyssop branch, I found very interesting that when I was doing my research, the hyssop branch is used for uh, really purification when you've dealt with death. Right. And it was easy to identify that for me because of the first part that we talked about, which was if a person has touched a dead body, then the priest is supposed to take the hyssop branch, mix it in with several other things, and then sprinkle the person who's in contact with the dead body. So that's easy. That's easy to see. But leprosy was another thing. And when I think of leprosy, I think, uh, you know, basically these people were cast out of society. They were not allowed to be with other people. They had to quarantine. Exactly. Exactly. And it was something that they were usually afflicted with for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. if not their entire lives. And so you think about somebody who comes down with this ailment and really the death sentence that it is for them because you have to leave your family, leave, leave your home, leave your community. I mean, you are withdrawn. Yeah. You cannot be with these people. And then normally you would be required to yell. If you're walking through a group of people, you would be required to yell unclean. So like you're just yelling at people that you are unclean. And I think, goodness, how terrible is that, that people would have to do that? You know, it, and it's really interesting. One of the things I'm, I'm thinking of is when you talk about, you know, as a priest, if, if you were to touch something unclean, yeah. you had to withdraw until you were clean again. Right. And that's the thing about the hyssop branch is I'm not touching you. Yeah. I'm not being contaminated by you, mm-hmm. but here's something yeah. that can be used so that 
we can make you ceremonial clean yes. so that we can help you understand what God is mm-hmm. doing without putting ourselves at risk. Right. Ooh, I love that, too. And the fact, too, that in my research, I learned that the hyssop branch in that area of the world <coughs> is always available. So it wasn't that it just grew at a certain time of the year. Okay. It was always available to people anytime that they needed it. And so I found that interesting um, as well. Jeff just raised his hand. Do we have a question, Jeff? Well, we had one submitted that's kind of related to uh, hyssop earlier this week. Uh, yeah. So somebody submitted, can you grow hyssop? in Oklahoma? Mm, this it's is a, interesting. It's a great question. Uh-huh. Uh, I've never, I, I don't know that I've ever gone anywhere <laughs> and uh-huh. seen hyssop growing. Right. The The picture that you used in the slide uh-huh. with the purple flowers, I thought, well, that kind of looks like things I've seen in floral arrangements. Right. I couldn't tell you if that was hyssop or not because right, exactly. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, but we actually did have someone leave <laughs> Sunday that they were on their smartphone trying to find out if you could grow hyssop. <laughs> In Oklahoma. And so <laughs> we know the answer because of what their research showed us. And yeah. that is, yes, you could grow hyssop. Now, I don't know how you grow hyssop. Right. I, don't, I don't know. I don't either. How, you know, maybe a seedling. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> pardon me for this. You know, you, you've admitted you don't cook. Do you grow stuff? I'm, I'm <laughs> I can keep a few things alive. I've grown two daughters. I've done there really you go. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, it, can you grow hyssop? I don't know that I could grow right. hyssop, but I. I'm sure somebody could grow hyssop. In fact, we would love for you to give it a try. That's and right. We can have a floral arrangement some yes, Sunday and of hyssop. Uh, hyssop uh, communion Sunday. You know, that, there that, it is. that would be the it appropriate be Sunday. Well, and then back to this idea of it protecting people from death, or it was used when we were dealing with death. The thing about leprosy that I learned is that not only do you have sores on your skin with leprosy that don't go away easily, but it actually kills the nerve endings in your skin. Right. And so again, you're dealing with, with death in this whole arrangement. And I love what you said about the hyssop, that it's kind of this tool that's used to protect the person who is purifying, right. but it has the effect of purification. So that was very interesting. So then after we talked about where we see hyssop, we talked about then going back a little further that one of the first places we see hyssop talked about was in the Exodus of right. the Israelites when Moses was called by God to bring the people out of slavery and went to the Pharaoh and said, let my people go. Right. And he says, no, I will not. And he continues to say it over and over again until God brings a plague each time. And then Pharaoh's heart is still hardened. That guy was stubborn. That well, and, and it said, that, you know, however they understood it, they said God hardened, hardened his, his heart. heart. I don't yeah. think God had to do a lot of work. I think <laughs> he was just pretty <laughs> hard hearted. Yes, I think God, he was yeah, too. Just, just stay there a minute. We're, I'm going to show you my power. But, right, <laughs> exactly, bit. exactly. Oh, the, the frogs didn't get it. The gnats didn't get <laughs> right, it. The, the locusts didn't, didn't get it. Get just, it. just wait. It's, you know, well, it's coming. I hope Heath and Carrie Boyles didn't get it. But. <laughs> That's right, that's right. Well, and then we come to the point, which I think is one of the hardest places in Scripture to come to, and that is the final plague where the destroyer comes through and kills the firstborn of every person. Yeah, yeah. every animal, every person. But God gives very specific instructions. And part of what I loved about this, it was a little detour that we took in the sermon that I was okay with, (laughs) uh, but it really was a detour. When When I was reading the story of the Exodus, it really stood out to me. You know how when you're getting ready to preach, and God will just breathe on a passage of scripture and you know there's meaning there and so you got to ask you have to stop and listen yeah you got to draw it out and and when I was reading the exodus the thing that kept standing out to me was 
how important the lack of yeast was. It wasn't like God just said it one time, like, don't put yeast in your bread. Right. He said it over and over again to them. And then he said, and when you celebrate this in the generations to come, get all the yeast out of your house. If anybody leaves yeast in their house during the seven days of the Passover celebration, you're kicked out of the camp. I mean, this was obviously a big deal to him. And what I think it revolved around totally was time. You know, they did not have the time to let the bread rise because God was moving. God was right. going to do something and he was going to get them out of Egypt. And so I love the part, too, where God says, um, when you're eating, tuck your cloak inside yeah. your belt, put your sandals on your feet, have your staff ready because we're, we're getting ready to move. It's kind of like being prepared for you're, you're, you're watching the news and the storm's coming up. Yeah. You, you, you got to have your shoes on. It's yes. like if the storm sirens go off, you don't have time to, no. oh, I got to change. No, you got to be ready. You'll you, be ready. You got to have your stuff ready to go. Yeah. Now, one of the other things that kept occurring to me mm-hmm. when you were talking about all this is how Jesus is dealing with the disciples mm-hmm. and he says, Beware the yeast of the Pharisees. Right. And of course, when we read about the life of Jesus, one of the things that we begin to know and understand was the way that yeast works in bread to make yeah. bread rise. What Jesus is telling them is these things the Pharisees are teaching you, uh, you don't need those. Right. You got to get rid of that because right. they're, they're, they think they're doing good and they're doing evil. Yes. And the whole idea of through the Exodus passage and mm-hmm. then what we see with Jesus again mm-hmm. is we've got to deal with this stuff that's killing us. Yes. We've, we've got to deal with the, the sin yes. and we've got to do this. And, and this is what we find David doing. And yeah. and I'll be honest, I don't know that David was that smart, to, to be honest. I'm not, I, I, I never knew David. And, you know, right. maybe, maybe he slingshots me when we're in the kingdom or something. I don't know. But I think this is truly the evidence of the Holy Spirit breathing yeah. and speaking through somebody so the words make different because yeah. we, we just kind of, again, see this logical yes. procession. Just like when we talked about creation, we could see the logic and how God yeah. worked everything. Yeah. And now in this confession, we can see the Holy Spirit speaking through David. Yes. Yeah, you wash me. I'm clean. You're clean. Are you pure? Are you pure? Right, yeah. exactly. And, you know, it's so interesting that God then gives these instructions. He talks about time. And in the message, we really tried to draw out that sin is intentional. You know, a lot of people, I think a lot of Christians, I've even heard Christians say, I didn't mean to, or it just sort of happened. I didn't, you know, I I didn't think about it ahead of time. But if we let ourselves off the hook like that, we're really not facing the truth. And I think it's important for us when we look at how important time was to God. If God was saying, you know, I've given you this much time, you need to use it the way mm-hmm. I've told you to use it. And the same is true of our lives, that that God gives us a certain amount of time and we need to use it the way that he has told us to use it. And that sin is an intentional use of our time in a way that God doesn't want us to use right. it. And we each have a choice about how we use our time. And, you know, sometimes we believe this lie that that certain time is more precious than other time, but all time is it's precious sacred, right? and valuable. When it, whenever you talk about how it just happened, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure I have said that before. And I probably have too. I, I'm yeah. sure I uh-huh. have. So this is not casting stones no. at anybody. It, but when I when I pause to meditate on that, and I mm-hmm. stop and think, you know, it, it, it didn't just happen. I mean, uh, I said those words. I couldn't believe they were coming out of my mouth. Right. You know. I think what that shows is there is something within me that's still impure. Yes. There is still, some, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, yeah. the mouth yes. speaks, or, yes. or our reactions, or I didn't really plan on this. It, it's evidence that we still got to deal with the sin yes. in our lives. Yes. You know, that, that if Christ is going to make us pure, yeah. we have to understand 
ultimately, it's got to be a work of Christ. Yes. It, it, it can't be me no. just yeah. avoiding things. No. no, the the transforming work that God is doing is to get death, to yes. get sin, everything that separates me yes. from God, to get that out of our hearts. Yes. Because uh, when we read through the New Testament, we see how that as a church and as Christians, we are the body of mm-hmm. Christ. We are the bride. Christ is the bridegroom. Yeah. And the bridegroom intends to present the church as a bride yes. without spot or blemish. Yes. Jesus is doing this work in us. The Holy Spirit is working in us yes. to take all this sin and impurity out of our hearts. Yes. And that's what I love about what David is saying, because he really is, you know, he's <clears throat> he's working his way through this entire Uh, process of forgiveness and what God does by first saying, this is who you are, God. I need to be cleansed, but more than that, I need to be purified. And so as we keep looking at the hyssop branch, you know, God gives these instructions about yeast, but then he says, the other thing you have to do is you have to slaughter the lamb or the goat. It says either one, and you've got to take the hyssop branch and mix it in the blood paint it over the doorposts so that the destroyer will know to pass over your house and no one in the house will be hurt. And this, it was really interesting because my daughters, you know, they know this story and my daughters know the story of the crucifixion and the Passover meal with Jesus. But my oldest daughter came to me and she was like, mom, I never made the connection about the Passover lamb and the blood of the lamb and how it passed over. And now we don't have to die from our sin. And, you know, when that moment connects with you that that God was really putting a stamp on time when Mm -hmm. he did this with the Exodus, that was greater than just bringing a group of people out of bondage. It was really saying, here's what I'm about to do for all people with the true lamb of God who whose blood is going to speak forth truth. And and I just love it. I, but I love it that God wanted them to use this little tool, right. this little plant, as a carrier of the blood. Well, and I appreciate the, the whole way that you connected that. that Okay, we know David's in the Old Testament. The law mm-hmm. of Moses is in the Old Testament. But Jesus comes and... And changes everything, Mm. kind of. What Jesus does is he now fulfills it. And he says, this is what you understand. You understand when you're unclean. You understand when you're ceremonially unclean because death exists, that this is how God sets it up as a reminder for this. And we often think of Holy Communion, and and you referenced that Sunday uh, as, as, as our memory of this, but the other part of that is Jesus was the sacrifice. It wasn't a goat. It wasn't a a lamb. Mm -hmm. Jesus was the sacrifice. And and as I think on that, and I mean, both of us deal with Mm -hmm. people all the time Mm -hmm. who have found themselves in a place where they can't forgive themselves for something. And, you know, we we, we talked about that some last week, but we people think, gosh, there's this thing that, that always haunts me. Mm-hmm. And now we feel like perhaps we have to punish ourselves again right. and we have to right. repent again. And I get that, friends. That, yes, we get that, it. That, that is me mm-hmm. over and over and over again. But there's a song that uh, I actually love. It's an old song. So some of you listening and watching <laughs> may not recognize this song, but it's such a great lyric because you and I both know people, pastors even, yeah. They don't want to talk about the blood. No, they don't at all. In they, fact, I had somebody come up to me on Sunday and say, "Say, there's just not many Methodist churches that talk about the blood. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the, the old song that I love is called, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. Oh, I I, that. I, if you're not oh, familiar with that good. song, um, I know Selah has a version of it that they oh, sing that's really that. good. Yeah. But, but this is 
part of the idea. Mm-hmm. We don't sacrifice animals anymore. We, we're not using hyssop right. anymore right. because the blood of Christ has paid the penalty of mm-hmm. our sin. It covers us. Uh, it cleanses us. Mm-hmm. It purifies yeah. us. Uh, and it's never going to lose its power. Never. If you yeah. trust in it once for the forgiveness of your sins, brothers and sisters, you can be sure that the blood Jesus covers you with is still in effect. Yes. You don't need to go back and get a re-blood washing. No. And it's you don't have to punish effect. yourself no. for what you've done because Jesus took that punishment for us. And, and the other thing I loved about God's instructions in this particular passage was that he said to the Israelites, don't go outside the door. So that night they were getting ready to leave. Yeah. But he said, before the destroyer comes, do not go out from under that uh, blood stained door post. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love that because when you think about what it means when we accept Christ as our savior, that the blood marks us. Right. And, and so, and we don't have to leave that. We don't have to go out from under that protection. We don't have to uh, escape it at all. We can stay right there and rest in, in that because the blood then speaks to anything in our lives that would try to come at us. And and if the Israelites on that night had stepped over the threshold, mm-hmm. they would have died. Right. They, they would have been out from under the protection yes. of that, and they would have been contaminated yes. by what was out there. Yeah. But as it is now, and, and this, I think, is part of how you talked about sin, is mm-hmm. an intentional, shall we say, misuse yeah. of the time yeah. God gives us, that uh, when we step out of the covering of the blood of Christ, we find ourselves in sin, yes. and we find ourselves being contaminated. Yeah. But when we come back in, the blood of Jesus hadn't lost its power. No, it, it still it, has you know, its power. I yep. mean, yeah, we still repent, and yeah, we still want to make sure we're getting right. Mm-hmm. But the, the work of Christ in our lives to forgive our sin and to purify us yeah. is an ongoing yes. work. It's not like, hey, yeah, the destroyer passed over me. I'm good to go. <laughs> well, you know, the destroyer, God's enemy, is always out yeah. there to kill, steal, and destroy. destroy. Right, exactly. Well, and then that brings us to the word that we've both been itching to really talk about the whole time, but that is the word purified. Yeah. And when you think about the definition of that, it means that it's that when you are purified, you are 100% whatever you are, because to be unpure means you have contaminants. And right. what a beautiful image that is, because when sin enters our lives, we are contaminated, mm-hmm. but God is able to remove that. And some of us have so much trouble wrapping our head around that, that because we can't do it, we have trouble understanding that God actually can do that. He can remove those contaminants of sin from our life to make us 100% the people that he has created us to be. Again, David is not confessing in such a way. This is why I think, you know, he pro- he may not have realized all yeah. that he was doing, but I think he, at this point he did realize yeah. this is not appeal an appeal to God to to help me. Right. So this is an appeal to God to do it for yes, me. Yes. To do what to, I cannot do. To make do. me right. And that's why I love how he says, purify me with the hyssop branch and I will be clean. Because that statement of faith says, I cannot do it by myself. Right. There is no way that I could make myself pure. But if you do it, it will be done. And that's why I think it's important that we have rituals and you know holy communion we, we remember mm-hmm. the body and blood of christ born you know what we did two weeks ago with the water just yeah. just remember that yeah. god has washed you that you yeah. know when you when you were baptized you think of that mm-hmm. uh 
these these things are helpful. I'm, I'm just sitting here going, we got to get some hyssop. I know, right? We got to get some hyssop. We need some hyssop for the table, could, right that here. Been so great. I know, right? Next have time, next time we'll us. have some hyssop. Hey, Jeff, do we have any questions? Any comments? Anybody we should say hello to? No, we got a uh, no more questions submitted over Facebook so far. Okay, uh, but we do have uh, one that was uh, submitted earlier this week. Yeah. Uh, said, why is hyssop not generally associated? With the Passover, and I think DA, you touched oh. a little bit on that uh-huh. about uh, uh, Jesus' blood causes us not to mm-hmm. need the hyssop. But uh, mm-hmm. that was a question. Do y'all have any more explanation Did on that? You, you want to jump in on that? Well, you know, it's so interesting. It, I think maybe here at St. Andrews, we've done a Seder meal before I yeah. before my time. Yeah. yeah, and I've been a part of other churches that that did it. But it's interesting all of the different things that go into that. Passover right. meal. It, it's to remember very entailed yes, and detailed. Yeah, to remember what God did for the Israelites. But you know, I think uh symbolically what you said earlier is very true that before the hyssop branch was needed in order for the priests to remain clean mm-hmm. and pure. But now because uh, I mean, like it says in uh Hebrews Jesus has become the high priest, so he doesn't need to remain uh, uh, clean because he already is clean, and so he's the one that took the sin on on for us, so there's really no need for that hyssop branch for us because there's no separation anymore between the sinner and the one that can make the sinner clean. Right. I I mean, I think that's well said. One of the images that I do get in my mind, and and I I was just seeing this scene in my mind while you were preaching, and and it made me think, okay, is she going to talk about this? Oh, yeah. And you did. Yeah. Was that old Cecil B. DeMille movie, The Ten Commandments, when the character that is Joshua in there is, you know, he's in love with this woman, but she's a slave of this Uh Egyptian. Yes. But... uh, he sneaks by the house and takes the hyssop and paints the oh, blood around yeah. the uh, doorpost so that when the destroyer came, mm-hmm. that Egyptian who did not believe in God, oh, his his house was protected. Protected. And uh-huh. um, it, it, it reminds me that, that sometimes through our prayers, sometimes mm-hmm. through our work, mm-hmm. we, we want to help protect people, yeah. especially those that don't believe yes, because so we true. know that God's not going to give up on them and, and we want them to experience the, the joy and the greatness yes. of having a relationship oh, with Christ that we have. So, so, so true. Okay. Any closing comments? You oh have? man. The, <laughs> closing I know. Can you believe it's already time, time for that? Uh, friends, just again, uh, thank you for tuning in. And if, if you're watching this on tape delay, we appreciate that. You can always mm-hmm. come up and ask us other questions about, Absolutely. Hey, I thought of this, but I didn't get a chance to watch always contact us let us know your thoughts let us know your questions uh we're here to help you grow and mature as the disciple of jesus christ so true and we're so glad that you've joined us it's this is fun what we're doing trying something new in 2022 and jeff a big thanks to you for manning our comments and manning our questions and we will look forward to being with you again Next, Next week, week yeah. we will be on Tuesday. Yes. We've got some weeks coming up where we're going to throw a different day at you. But next week, we will be with you on Tuesday at 1230 live. And then you can also hear it, the audio version, on Fridays. It comes out at 7 a.m. You can listen to it anytime on demand. So we will look forward to seeing you again next week. Have a great one. Hey, friends. D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship. But we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless you.